All right, Jared, do your best Tarzan yell. Lovely. Thank now, you. Now that we've lost everyone. <laughs> um, welcome to We Watch Things. Oh my god, it peaked I so peaked much. I peaked so hard. <laughs> um, welcome to We Watch Things, the podcast where we talk about things that we watch. Mm-hmm. We're continuing our uh, Great Movie Ride series, second to the last of the series. Um, so we've just, okay, we've just left the, the adventure room, yes? No, yes. Okay, it's weird. I want to say yes, we left the adventure room, but we're just going into more adventure. I That's feel. true. Yeah, we so. went from Raiders of the Lost Ark, the mummy, into the second adventure room, which is Tarzan the Ape Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Casablanca. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Tarzan first. Oh my gosh. I know. We're talking specifically about the 1932. Tarzan the Ape Man. Yes, we are. Yes. Unfortunately. Not the first Tarzan movie, not the last Tarzan movie. Or Just, George of the Jungle. We are not talking We're not about going to discuss George, the very superior George of the Jungle. <laughs> I love that movie, though. It is a good one. It's so good. Brandon Fraser at his hype man. Yeah. And it's like we were just out of the mummy, and then we were in the No, it's before the mummy, I think. Well, Wait, no, yes. Is it? it? I was talking about the ride, but yes. In oh, career, oh, yes. yes. Career-wise, this was before... The Mummy. Or no, what? you're saying The Mummy was... So, yeah. In Brendan Fraser's career, George, George of the, the Jungle, Jungle, I think, was came first. before The Mummy. Yes, yes correct. Because okay, he was a goofy comedy guy to yeah. action, superheroes, yeah. boom, boom, fighting And now he's coming back, and I'm really excited. Where is he in right now? Um, Some TV show where he has a cowboy hat on. Oh, okay. I don't... I forget what it's called. I don't know. Because I don't have the channel that it airs on, so I don't not remember. Not Westworld. What it's, it's not Westworld, but that's a great idea. Um, okay, so Tarzan the Ape Man, released in 1932, pre-code movie, mm-hmm. which is why um, there's a lot of skin. Oh yeah, a so. lot of skin. Um, it's based on the novel by Edgar Rice Burroughs, directed by W S W S Van Dyke. Which guess what? That's guess what it stands for. Guess what the director's W S Van Dyke. Guess what his full name is? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Richard? <laughs> it's Woodbridge Strong Van Dyke II. Oh wow. I know. Is I he know. a lord or something? No, I don't think so. It's mm. just, he's just Woodbridge Strong. <laughs> I thought of, um, my mom drinks Woodbridge Chardonnay. Oh, okay. Not related, oh, okay. but it's like her favorite. Woodbridge is a fine It's fine. Brand. It's fine. Yeah. Costco sells the giant bottles. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but W.S. Van Dyke was known for The Thin Man and then San Francisco, which was like one of the first disaster movies. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That ride used to be at Universal as well. It's not there anymore? No, it got replaced by um, The Fast and the Furious Oh, no. Experience. Yes. I used to love that disaster ride. It was yeah. a little scary, though. It, it was. It because... was a lot of fun, though, if you, especially if you were chosen in the beginning. Yeah. For, to do, like, the green screen stuff or to just be part of, like, the quote-unquote disaster I just remember going on it and when you get to the part where you're on the BART train in an earthquake my friend and I were there and we were like this is a little too real for us (laughs) because when you take BART you go under underwater a lot and in tunnels and it's always something that pops up in your head where you're like what would happen (laughs) what is my escape route yeah I can't escape (laughs) 
Um, okay, back to the movie, starring Johnny Weissmuller, who was an Olympic swimmer, actually, who won five gold medals before he, he got played... into acting. He oh, was Tarzan. Okay. And he was Tarzan. He was Tarzan, yeah. Um, Maureen O'Sullivan is Jane, and Cheetah as the chimpanzee sidekick. Cute. I know. His name's Cheetah. His name was Cheetah, yeah. Um, so quick synopsis, because it's not exactly the same as, like, the Disney one. Um, so Jane meets up with her father in Africa, and they're going to go on a hunt for, like, an elephant graveyard to mm-hmm. collect ivory. Oh, okay. At least, oh, okay. It's a, I didn't know it was a graveyard. Yeah. That makes it so much better, because I was like, I know. oh, they're going to poach the right. elephants for their ivory? But I was like, okay. No, they're going, they're that's why they are trying to follow, there's at one point where they try to follow a dying elephant. And, like, there's a scene or something towards the end where... I think this elephant gets mortally wounded and Tarzan wants to like put yes. it out of its misery. Mm-hmm. And the dad is like, no, don't. We have to follow it because it will lead us. Because the only creatures that know where the elephant graveyard is are, are the, the elephants. elephants. Yeah. Um, and they go there to die. Like in, in the mythos of this movie, elephants know when they're going to die. Right. And so then they kind of like a cat, you know, when cats like great. leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah. And then along the way to the elephant graveyard, they encounter a ton of wild animals. So many. Like, one after another. It's it's hippos, it's alligators, it's, yeah. it's cheetahs, it's lions. Actually, probably no cheetahs, it's mostly lions. It was, there was supposed to be a cheetah, and I think they used a jaguar for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I read that somewhere. Um, yeah, and then 33 minutes into it, they encounter Tarzan, finally. Oh my gosh, I know. I was I turned over to Caroline, I was like, girl... When we get to see Tarzan, <laughs> and we're like, I was like, how much longer? And we counted. It's, we counted. It's like a good thirty. It's thirty three yeah. minutes into the movie. He shows up and he kidnaps Jane, but he's nice to her, and they go swim in, and she kind of falls <laughs> like dream date. Dream. Hello, <laughs> I got kidnapped, and now I'm going on a hot swimming date with him. Like it's man. kind of uncomfortable though when she first gets kidnapped because she's terrified, like understandably, yes, understandably. so. But it's not one of those like you know how. You know how when Belle is kidnapped in Beauty and the Beast, and she's never really fearing for her life. Mm-hmm. So as the audience, you can kind of root for Beast a little bit more. Right, but I think it's also like, in her case too, she could at least communicate with her capture. And True. like she kind of had, ter- like she had a chance to kind of grip everything too. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. No, like Jane is thrown Jane's... into it, and Tarzan is really rough with her, because he, right. he's used to like being among apes and chimpanzees and which i didn't realize that so the chimpanzees are supposed to be baby apes and then the adult apes are the men in the ape costumes oh there was a couple where i was like this is like a person yeah but that's why i was wondering why the chimpanzees were with the apes because they're two different species species. yeah Yeah. and that's why because the chimpanzees were supposed to be baby apes doesn't work Mm -mm. doesn't come off like that um, but yeah, Tarzan eventually, he learns his name. It's about as far as he gets. Yeah. And I was like, how did he get that name? I, like, really I know, I know. He Once he name. says like, Tarzan, I was like, who says? <laughs> <laughs> who told you that? <laughs> did you just come up with that? <laughs> um. And like, thankfully he picks it up really quick though. Like, yeah. what's going on. I don't think we had time to like develop and explore that no but it's not like the disney one where she teaches him like words and he finally gets to he does not learn anything really past tarzan and 
Jane, and maybe one or two other words. Mm. Um, whatever Cheetah's name is in the movie, I forget, but Cheetah has a different name. <clears throat> um, so yeah, she falls in, sort of falls for him. Um, she she sympathizes with him, and like they learn to communicate a little bit, and then she goes back to her family, and then her and her family are then taken by like this murderous tribe of like little people it's weird it's It's a weird movie let's just premise this by saying we did not know what we were getting into it was definitely at we could tell we were at the point of hollywood where it was like okay we have these little people we need them to be oddities kind of like the wizard of oz with the munchkins that like you don't understand them but they're whimsical but this one's like you don't understand them and they're kind of scary they're they're, like really murderous for no reason they just want them dead and like well they want them to fight a giant gorilla that they have in like a pit and they want to like throw them into the pit and watch them fight and die basically mm-hmm. yeah, um, inter- it's like their only entertainment it's their only entertainment there's no reason it's ever explained why and i'm pretty sure it's blackface yeah it's definitely it's definitely blackface. like it's a little it, it i didn't notice it at first because like the footage is black and white and it's kind of grainy and like it's in the jungle so they're kind of hidden by all this foliage but then we got a couple of clear shots and i was like oh ugh. That's you made it, it worse. It was very cringy. It's yeah. And then Tarzan saves them. And then Tarzan comes in and <laughs> yeah. saves them day. And then they like all go away. They're like, oh, yeah, hands here. Well, doesn't he like burn their village down or something? Possibly. He throws, or does he release the gorilla? I don't know. Something. It's bad. I've zoned out in that part a little bit. It's a long movie. Oh, it's so long for, like, what actually happened. And let me tell you, if I had to sit through some more fucking B-roll of these oh, wild yeah. animals. Let me tell you, any time that they wanted, they were using a chase scene, they basically used the same footage from earlier in the movie. So they did, so it was, it was a lot of B-roll, and it was from the movie that, what's his name, Van Dyke had just shot the year prior, and it's called Traitor Horn. And it was, like, unused footage from that. And then probably some stock footage. Because there's, like, real footage of, like, actual tribes in Africa, like, just kind of doing their thing. Yeah. Um, And then rear projected (laughs) very poorly while um, the main characters watch them. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, one of the tribes are Wakandans. Oh my gosh, yes, did you, yeah, what did you I find out about I the verified Wakandans? Nothing. It's it's a fictional tribe that they made up for the movie. Wow. But it's Wakanda. Um, and it probably did inspire whoever wrote the original Black Panther to just, I don't know, use Wakanda. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Um, but yeah, no, that, we didn't, they said it once and like we didn't say anything. And then the second time they said it, I remember you looked at me and you went, Carolyn. And I was like, yes, they said Wakanda. <laughs> It was just so strange. It was just so bizarre it was to weird. hear it coming from like a 30s movie. Because I was like, like, they didn't say Wakanda. There's no yeah. way. No way. <laughs> it was like, absolutely no but way. But they did. <laughs> um, also, like in stark contrast to the Disney version, there is no music. Oh. No music. No. Oh my gosh. Like you, no, when we say there's no music, it's not like there's no musical numbers. Yes, yeah. it's sadly no musical numbers, but there's no score. There's no score. At all. No. And for a black and white movie, it falls unbelievably flat. Yeah. Like, unbelievably it flat. It needed 
It needed something. You literally didn't have like any African drums. You did like not no. even when like the che- you're literally when we're having these chase scenes between Tarzan and the animals. Yeah, it's literally silence. It's sil- it's just the sound of them running right. or the sound of the cheetah growling and like. Oh my gosh, so- the same growl too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the same like no one decided let's just get like multiples so like we don't yeah. drive our audience mm-hmm. fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I, w- I was beyond done with the same cheetah growls and the elephant, yeah. like, Wah! Yeah, yeah, over and over. And, it, like, when we say that there are a lot of animals, it's just, it's one animal after another. It's Tarzan beats the cheetah. Tarzan fights the alligator, crocodile thing. Tarzan has to save an elephant. Tarzan, I mean, and it's like, you're like, where's the story? <laughs> yeah, there was no real story. <laughs> it, was, it, it was very much like, oh my gosh, look at this guy doing all these things and wrestling all these animals. Yeah. It's like, I would have just gone to Gatorland right? if I wanted to watch If I this. wanted to watch that. Um, there was, if I'm going to give any compliments to this movie, it is going to be the scenes where Tarzan is fighting these animals because yeah. it was very much like, we were wondering as filmmakers how they made this scene and how they shot the scene because there are moments when Tarzan is wrestling this lion and he has it in a headlock, but the lion reacts. I swear it's real. It's real. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is this like a stunt man? Like, right. It's like doing this or even yeah. the actor. I mean, I'm not totally sure. Right. I don't, if it's, if it's him moving it, cause I tried to look that up. Because I have to say, aside from the terrible rear projections in the beginning, um, they had some really good special effects in this movie later on. Um, the whole thing, none of it was shot in the jungle. Really? None of it. Oh my gosh, they that did a great job. That was all matte paintings. That's insane. Yeah. So we're going to get into that. But I couldn't, I couldn't find anything about like the animal wrestling scenes because those were actually mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, and I think it's really funny how we're watching that at a time like this where I feel like stunt people in today's world are starting to get recognized. Like, Brie Larson just brought up her two stunt doubles, which, okay, like, of course, more brownie points for Brie Larson for doing that because, Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as us, I mean, like, we never really thought of stunt people. Okay. They're they're supposed to be, like, hidden. Yes. Like, we're not supposed to recognize them. Right. So it makes sense that Hollywood never acknowledged them. Exactly. But they make... I feel like with the rise of the superhero industry, Mm -hmm. genre, and franchise, that these people need to be recognized for that work because that is not easy to do. I know they definitely... I know someone is fighting for them to get their own Oscar category as well. Yes. That'd be great. I think that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it would... um, Real. That's that's a category you could add other than oh favorite blockbuster, like <laughs> popular movie, popular movie. No, no, we're yeah. not doing that. Like best stunt, best stunt double, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, yeah, I can see why it was resisted for a long time because studios don't want you to realize that it's not always the actor doing these things. Um, but that's why it, stunt doubles, the good ones are so good. Is because you're not supposed to notice them. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to realize. And she had multiple. She had more than one. Yeah, like, I know. That's crazy. <laughs> that just proves how, like, physically demanding that was, that you have to have multiple people step in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine, and especially if you have to do the take over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, it just, it gets exhausting. Yeah. Standing there doing take after take after take gets exhausting. I can't imagine jumping around and throwing punches. Yeah. Um, yeah, so shout out to the stunt double in Tarzan. Thank you for your work. 
I don't know if he had a stunt double. You think that was him? Well, he did a lot of it. One of the reasons why he was chosen was because oh, okay. he was so physical, because oh. he was an Olympian. Like, they actually threw the whole swimming thing in there after realizing that he was a five-time Olympic gold medal <laughs> swimmer. Um, the swinging on the vines, I read, was done by a circus troupe. Okay. And then, um, like, matte paintings of the jungle and stuff were superimposed around them. Mm-hmm. Almost <clears throat> like the ride. The ride? Right. What? Like the background in the great movie ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, like, we're going to talk about matte paintings a little bit more because I have some, like, I found a really good blog post. Um, his name is NZ Pete. Okay. I don't know who, who he is. It was a couple of years old, this article, but he had great, we'll have to link it um, maybe on Twitter, because he had some great photos of the actual matte paintings. Oh, that wow. they, and for everyone who doesn't know what a matte painting is um it's like a painting of a landscape um that used that's used to make it look like actors are actually there kind of like a green screen but it's like physically painted and usually a lot more effective i think than a green screen and like some really some famous matte painting shots are like when dorothy goes to emerald city and when she's approaching Emerald City, it's a mm-hmm. matte painting. And then the final shot of Raiders of the Lost Ark, when he's pushing the crate in with all those crates in that big warehouse, that's a matte painting. Okay. Um, so they use that a lot. Even for some of the animal fights, they use matte oh. paintings. Um, and, like, put the animal footage over the footage of the person running so it looked like the animal was chasing them. Oh, wow. Things like that. Yeah, which was really... That kind of stuff was really successful in this movie. Um, Yeah, there was... Yeah, so as much as, like, this, like, movie story-wise wasn't where it needed to be, a lot of the effects and the work that got put into it were great. Yeah. I feel like the story could have been really good. They just... They, there was too many animal fight scenes there that were. took us out. And I bet you that's just, like, probably what people wanted to see at the time. Yeah, it was, like, sensationalist, and it was exciting for an audience to see this. It had never really been done before, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I could almost think of it like a circus act. Yeah, yeah, almost. very much so. Um, oh, also a fun fact about the animals. Um, there are a lot of elephants in the movie, and I love elephants. I'm obsessed with elephants. And anytime I see a movie set in Africa and there's an elephant, I'm always like, okay, is it going to be an Indian elephant? Because they always use Indian elephants because they're easier to train. Really? They, yeah, is they're there, a lot easier is, to... Is it because they're just more domesticated or... It might be. It might be that they were just, yeah, for a lot longer. Um, I don't yeah, I don't know why their disposition is the way it is, but uh, they're used still, I think, a lot of times in Hollywood. Oh, that's, I mean, they are. It's so funny because I was just watching a Miss Mojo video about 10 things that you did not know about Mean Girls. And I was like, I know everything about Mean Girls. But this was like actually really interesting facts. They went like deep. The scene where Erin is in her room, like when Caddy's throwing her party after she's already just and Erin Samuels comes up and he's like, ooh, like Mm -hmm. getting away from that. And he sees like a picture of the elephant, Mm -hmm. a Caddy and the elephant. It's... Is it an, an Indian, Indian elephant, elephant instead yeah. of an African elephant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It always elephant. is. Yeah. Always. Um, even Dumbo. Like, Dumbo's technically an African elephant, but his mom and all the other elephants are Indian elephants. I know that's animation, so it's not the same thing. But but, but you can tell by the ears. Yes. Because African elephants have the bigger ears. So anyways, when we were watching this movie and the elephant showed up, I was like, oh, 
it's an African elephant. That's really interesting. Turns out, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) It's an Indian elephant, and what they used to do is they used to put fake ears on them so that they looked like African elephants, but then they just stopped doing it because they thought the audience wouldn't notice. It was noticed, but yeah. Isn't that weird? Uh, Those poor elephants. I I mean, I hope that they were like. Yeah, but I still feel how. I mean, the ears were probably the least of their worries because they were elephants in old Hollywood. I doubt they were treated great. Yeah. Um, But yeah. That, I don't know, that was interesting. Yeah, I, it was, uh, I was even going to, like, mention, like, the hippos. Like, I wonder, like, did you run anything across I didn't see anything about the hippos. Um, It was really interesting how they did those scenes, because, like, they got... Well, those, because, like, I saw something about the alligator scenes. Because the hippo and the alligator scenes are, a lot of it's underwater, with him, like, swimming away. Um, and like, especially with the alligator, I was getting nervous because it was clearly like real footage of alligators and they move really fast when they want to. And like, it doesn't matter how fast you can swim. Like Michael Phelps is not out swimming an alligator. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really scary to watch this alligator like chasing after him. Um, and I think that was one of the cases where they had, they put like the, the real footage over. Over the, the footage of him right. swimming, or okay. like you know, they kind of superimposed the, it together. Yeah, there was a couple of scenes where it looked like the movie was getting sped up, and it was like a lot during like these scenes, or like him like swinging yeah. on the vine. Like anytime he was transitioning from like vine swinging mm-hmm. to like being stable. Yes, it was. It was, and that was probably yeah, going from like the B roll of the circus performers to like Johnny Weissmuller like pretending to swing in or something. It, yeah, I don't know. It was weird how it went from either being totally brilliantly done like the scene on the mountain where they're like people are falling off the mountain and I was like sweating watching it I was like how is it oh my god it's so real and it was a matte painting to like the weird sitting on the giant tree branch obviously in a studio kind of thing like it was either great or really terrible yeah Um, and then it and then it and then it ended and then it ended Jane decides to stay with Tarzan. Did they find the elephants? I can't remember. I don't think so. I yeah. don't remember them being like, "Oh, we found the ivory. We're gonna be rich. Okay, bye, Jane." Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm Maybe gonna they did because share. I feel like her dad and then the other guy that was with them leave. I can't remember. All I remember is it ends and the only music of the whole movie finally plays and it's that really cheesy like song and I was like, what? <laughs> Comes like, out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so all I have about this movie, I, I got some trivia. Oh, didn't you? That was interesting. Okay. And that's about it. Um... So we can dive into that. Yeah, hit me up with that trivia. We we love a good trivia moment. I know. This is how you guys are going to win your trivias, by listening to this podcast. Exactly. You guys are going to be movie, like, genre buffs. Remember, Woodbridge, Strong, Van Dyke II. Okay, Tarzan's distinctive call was either created by sound recordist Douglas Shearer from Various Sounds, or it was indeed Johnny Weissmuller doing it himself. Co-star Marino Sullivan insisted throughout her life that it was Weissmuller doing the yell without any technical assistance. I have no idea. Why was that a big debate topic? I, I don't know. 
Like, who cares? I don't... Yeah. I mean, it is iconic. Like, it's been copied in... Even in the Disney one. Yeah. And Carol Burnett does it. She does a great one, though. I think she's proof that, like, it could have just been Johnny Weissmuller doing it because right. Carol Burnett can do it. Exactly. Like, I wasn't even trying and I was close. Yeah. Like, it's not that... Yeah. It's like, really there's not There's no that. question. Of, it, like, like, it and, like, people can yodel. Like, it's not... So, I don't know. Yeah, people can do plenty of weird things with their voices. It's Maybe not, he like, wanted... Maybe people just wanted credit for it because it's so iconic. Oh, okay. Maybe. A fight. Okay, I can yeah, see yeah, that no, happening. Yeah, it's just drama. This one, I don't know if I believe this one because all I saw was that it was shot in, like, they kept saying, like, the forests of L.A. I think they just mean the woods. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the very few to, woods we have around here. Let's go back to second grade science and yeah. define what a forest is because... Um, <laughs> Yes, those are not forests. Those are like it's just, the it's woods. just some trees. Yeah. Um, but of course, there was more back in 1931. Yeah, I think there needs to be a little bit more tiny ecosystems yeah. living in the forest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this one says that some of the okay, this is from IMDb, so take or leave it. <laughs> some of the monkeys used in this film got away, and they are still breeding in the wilderness of Tampa Bay, Florida. I mean, I live. I hope it's true. I want that to be true. I want it to be true, which is why I included it. I don't know what monkeys were What were they filming in Tampa Bay? I don't know when they filmed in Tampa Bay or if they even did. But um, we're just going to hope it's true. Uh, Clark Gable was considered for the role of Tarzan, but was deemed too much of an unknown. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for a movie like that, you need... (laughs) I, I get... Well, like... But the guy, like, one, the head of the studio didn't even know that who Johnny Weissmuller was. I forget who put him up for it, but... And then he was like, is he physical enough for the role? And they were like, he's an Olympian, he's fine. Yeah. Like, he'll be <laughs> fine. Um, this one does have to do a little bit with the Disney one. It says, the film was made by MGM Studios. Tony Goldwyn, who is the voice of Tarzan in the 1999 mm-hmm. Disney one, is the grandson of Samuel Goldwyn, one of the namesake, namesakes of Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Aww. Which I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that he was Samuel Goldwyn's, like, what was it, grandson. Um, okay, and this is my last one, because this also kind of relates to Disney in a very roundabout way, but you'll understand why it relates to Disney. So it says, there is a bit of Swahili spoken in the film, but it is not always correct. I'm pretty sure they jump from, like, real African dialects to, like, fake. Yeah. Which was awkward um but for example when some people are asked to bring jane's trunks into the hut they are told like come here instead of bring them in which i guess was wrong and then it says at another time somebody is heard saying jumbo which we all know from uh animal kingdom's safari what's it called um kilimanjaro kilimanjaro safaris Um, oh and mean girls and Mean Girls, yes. But I'm trying to bring it to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we all know from Mean Girls too. But apparently, according again, according to IMDb, apparently the proper response to Jombo is "Who Jombo," which is "Hello to you." So we've all been saying it wrong, Jared. Oh my god! Disney, every time you get on Kilimanjaro Safaris and they say Jombo and you say Jombo, it's wrong. You should say "Who Jombo." Who Jombo? Who Jombo? Who Jombo? It's H U Jombo. Who Jombo? I should. What's the other one that they say? It's like, Quaharini. Quaharini. <laughs> Quaharini. <laughs> I, I was one of my favorites. I, the, what does that one mean? It's like. Go in peace or something? Yeah, it's like they're, it's like they're goodbye. Yeah. 
I love leaving the safari and going, Kuwaini. The cast members always laugh at me. They do have the proper elephants on Kilimanjaro safaris. FYI. I would hope so. They have African elephants. Okay, that's all I have for Tarzan. Are we yeah. ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean, like... Is it um, unfortunate? <laughs> it's not unfortunate. It, I think it's going to be probably my least favorite of the series. Yeah. Like, even, like, um... What was another one that we didn't The really public enemy for? was slow. It was slow, but at times. least, like, there was, like, a story to it. Yes. And there was, like, funny parts and some action. Like, yeah. I don't... I did not chuckle once. During Tarzan. I didn't either. And I really feel like it could have been good had it been tightened up and a little more socially conscious. Yeah. Um, it was really weird. The whole thing with that tribe was weird. There's just so many parts that we didn't need to see and it just made the movie so unbearably long. Yeah. And okay, because it was a pre-code movie, the scenes with Jane and her dad were very awkward. Oh, so very When she much. first shows up, she keeps calling him Darling. Which is fine. And then she keeps kissing him on the cheek. Which is fine. But like over and over and over again. Got a little awkward. And then she changes in front of him. Yeah. Like full on down to like this skinny little like nighty, And he looks all embarrassed. And she's like, it's fine, darling. I'm like, that, it's not fine. <laughs> well, and okay. And that's like another thing though that like maybe. Like not that Jane isn't a strong woman in the Disney film. Yeah. I felt like Jane in this one was a little bit more real. And like I could see her like surviving the jungle. She was tough. She was very tough. She did not need any like welcome to the jungle yeah. lessons. She the where the Jane in the animated Disney one felt like that. Yeah. Felt like a little helpless and like as she like has been hanging out with Tarzan, you you're right, she like learns the way of the jungle. Yeah. I felt like this Jane was like totally fine and she was kind of like you're she weird, clearly, introduce yourself because after yeah. that she was like mad chilling. She's like she um, loved it. She's like, Daddy, we're gonna go hang out with Tarzan yeah. at the waterfall. Like yeah. <laughs> I was like, get it, Apparently, like, two, because there are, like, six of these movies. They went, it went on, yeah, yeah, they went on a lot. All the way, I think the last one is, like, Tarzan's New York Adventure or something. I kind of want to watch more. But one of them, there's, like, a naked swimming scene. That's hot. I know. You got to watch two more to get there. Can I just skip to that one? (laughs) I don't know, Jared. Are you going to miss plot? Probably not. (laughs) Okay. Not plot that I can't already make up in my own head. That's true. I'll get her there quite right. <laughs> you know, Jane was totally... She was into it. Yeah. I, that's probably another thing I did enjoy, but like how yeah. into it Jane was. Yeah. Like once she realized that she wasn't in danger from him mm-hmm. or the gorillas, because they were, they were a little handsy at the beginning. Yeah. But once that went away, she loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like I felt like she was like, I'm kind of calling the shots here too. Yeah. She's like, why would I leave? She's like, I'm Queen B here. Yeah, and even Cheetah started listening to her. Yeah. Like, she was Queen of the Jungle. Yeah, so I wouldn't leave either. So, like, I guess, like, the the resolution to that is when you're in the great movie ride and you see her on top of the um, Indian African covered -covered (laughs) elephant. You're like, she's here to to rule. She's here to rule. She's Queen. (laughs) 
Okay, so from that, we're going to go to what is deemed as one of the best movies ever made. Yep. We're continuing on our journey to Casablanca or Casablanca. What do you yeah. say? I say Casablanca. Me too. But like, not, to be, not that I have anything against Casablanca. No, I think in like, the movie they even say Casablanca. But I yeah. feel very phony saying yeah, that. Yeah, I like to say Casablanca. Casablanca, yeah. It's like weird that it has like a Spanish title, but it has nothing to do with like Spain or the Spanish. No, I had no idea. Until... Doing research for this, somebody was like, in Spanish, Casablanca means White, White House. House. And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Never thought of it. Which like doesn't make any sense, but I guess, is that like the color of um, Rick's club? You know, Casablanca is a real place. Oh, is it? Yes. It's oh, a city. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm I just check. like wasn't sure if there was like another layer of symbolism under that. No, it's... Oh, I don't have internet. Hang on, I'm gonna. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a city in Morocco or in um, Morocco. Oh. Yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, Morocco. Morocco. Oh, okay, so it it's is the like largest an city. Si- yeah, it's the largest city oh. in Morocco. Okay, I just think it's oh. funny that like, yeah. It's... Yeah, I don't know how it got its name. I don't know if it has any ties to Spanish or if in another language it means something completely different. I don't know. Yeah, but that's true. Rick's Club is white. Well, at least in a black and white movie, it's white. <laughs> I don't know what it really is. Um, okay, so Casablanca, released in 1942, released, released, sorry, <laughs> directed by Michael Curtiz, um, who has 178 credits, going back to silent movies, as a director. He also directed White Christmas, which is my favorite Christmas movie, um, King Creole, which is an Elvis movie, and The Adventures of Robin Hood. Like oh, that wow. classic. So yeah. He has so a he's roundabout portfolio. Yeah, he's he's good. Um it's I put okay, it has a lot of writers because it's based on a play that never actually made it to Broadway. Um, this would be a great Broadway play. It would be a great Broadway play. You don't have a lot of settings. That's yeah. a really easy set to do. It's yeah, it would be really it would be really good. Um but it never made it there, and I'm not sure why. But the lore is that the script ended up um at the studio, and one of like the readers read it the day after Pearl Harbor happened, okay. and then. But I don't know if that I don't know how true that is because that means that this movie was made very fast, and it right. was like the release date was really rushed. But I don't know if production was really rushed. So that's I don't know that's lore that I saw a couple times in my my research. Um, but yeah, so it never made it to Broadway, and then they turned it into this. They made some changes, turned it into this movie. The cinematography was by Arthur Edison, who also has 135 credits going back to silent movies. And he is really well known for um, the 1931 Frankenstein, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. Um, and I was thinking before we move on about the two of them, that when like somebody in movies has that many credits that go all the way back to like silent movies, that they were like at the beginning. Yes, like yeah, like they were pioneers. Like they remember their earliest credits. They were like nineteen sixteen or something that these two started. So they were like in it when people were still figuring out how to make movies, and that's just really interesting. Yeah, to put into context for me. Mm-hmm. Well, especially yeah, especially as like people like us who just like love the art of filmmaking. Right, yeah. and like we people who make movies now will go back to Casablanca and pull things from these classic movies and use them as reference. When these guys were making Casablanca, they had gone through, like, the trenches of learning 
all of this stuff mm-hmm. and doing it for the first time. So there's a lot of, we're going to talk about a lot of context around this movie that makes it more interesting. I think that, like, it's an enjoyable movie, but I think to truly appreciate it, you have to know the context around it. Mm-hmm. And I already enjoyed the movie a lot without having this context. So yeah. I'm even more excited to it's gonna, hear what yeah. you have. The first time I saw it, I was I was a little bit younger. I was probably in like middle school, and I thought it was fine. But I was kind of like, that's one of the greatest movies ever made. But like, I didn't know all of the history of it. Like, I knew I knew American history in World War II, but I was not taught a lot of world history so I didn't know what Vichy France was I didn't understand like the occupation and why these people would be here and things like that so it's we're gonna get into it but it's really it's such an interesting movie in the context of when it was made yeah um so going back to credits music is by Max Steiner who also did Gone with the Wind um, and it's starring Humphrey Bogart Ingrid Bergman Paul Heinried Claude Rains Peter Laurie, a bunch of other people Um, And if you haven't seen it, it's about a cynical American expatriate who's struggling to decide whether or not he should help his former lover and her fugitive husband escape French Morocco to try to get to America. And he, uh, Rick Humphrey Bogart's character, has these travel papers that they need to get to America. And Rick is very much like, I don't get involved with things. Like, things go down at his club, buying and selling of illegal documents people are escaping it's a bunch of refugees basically at this club mm-hmm. and he does not get involved yeah which is a big thing too club so. slash cas- it's a yellow casino too true yeah it is um <laughs> it's okay you can cut it out yeah so what are you what are your thoughts after seeing it for the first time um, I can see why it is seen as like a romantic mm-hmm. film. Like a lot of the motivations, a lot about like love. It was the theme of love is seen in an interesting filter mm-hmm. or light in this film. You know, we have uh, this. What's her name? I I, I um, or, sorry, Il- Ilsa. Ilsa. Wait. Yes, yeah. I think it's Ilsa. It's Ilsa. Like. Rick is just like a stand-up guy. I love Rick so much, mm-hmm. mainly because he is so like just. Like he yeah. doesn't like to get involved, but he will do the right thing when necessary. It's it's something he learns in this movie, I think too. Like he realized this movie is a lot about. I I never thought about the theme of love. That's really interesting because not only are they in love with each other, but they are also in love with like their countries and with the war going on it's like that that love has to trump the love they have for each other mm-hmm. um but also rick a big theme too is being indifferent to things going on around you and not getting involved and realizing that that is just as damaging and that helps the enemy just as much as actively helping them Right. You know, you have to actively help the right side, otherwise you're helping the enemy. Yeah. And and that's I think that's like also what gets people so riled up about voting. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It is cuz yeah, you for the people that and I've been one of these people that I've said like I'm not going to vote in this one election because I didn't I don't know enough and right. you, know, you you have to do you have to do the research because not yeah. voting is 
the same as voting for the wrong person. Right, exactly. And we're not saying who is wrong, but it's just like not getting no. involved is like that excuse doesn't work. And I've no. made that excuse plenty of times. Me too. too. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. It's just get up and get over it. Like especially because mm-hmm. it is so easy to vote nowadays. So it's easy. like there it doesn't really give you an excuse. Yeah. Um but I really yeah, it was interesting to kind of few cuz at, at first it felt like they were going to make you feel bad for Rick because mm-hmm. Ilsa's this woman that came into his life and then mm-hmm. when we did the flashback to them in Paris mm-hmm. um, and she you could tell that she wasn't going to come to the train station. I know. I know. And we I, as the audience can tell. You can tell because her acting the way that she's like um, it was like you can't and it's like that's her fault as a character like you opened up your heart so much so yeah. quickly but I mean like you had the right like you thought I mean that... she had just found out she totally if she hadn't found out the news that she had just found out she 100% would have gone to the train station right she she would have like, but like she thought her husband was dead yeah and I really love when an actress can kind of convey that wall she yeah. conveyed that wall very well yeah. and it like made you feel awkward and you were like oh my gosh she's like so not coming and especially like after they had spent all this time together and you could see like and Humphrey Bogart like you the moment you were in the flashback you could the way he carried himself you could tell it was a totally different Rick totally different totally, yeah it was like crazy I turned to camera and I was like oh my gosh he's smiling yeah like you don't realize that he yeah that he, he can he, smile yeah you don't realize that he's been kind of like just the the contrast between who he's become and who he the hope that he once had yeah yeah and so um yeah but then having her having Elsa have to deal with you know her husband mm-hmm. who is like kind of like this mocking jay-esque character yeah of for this like re- not rebellion but like just for like the hope of like getting away from concentration camps and like to someone that Mm -hmm. is like fighting against the war he's someone who could make a legitimate difference in the war yeah and um just like i can't imagine the decisions that she had to make because she was like she really did love rick i think like her and rick had like a soulmate connection like they've definitely been together in like other lives oh yeah you can tell that they've been together in other lives (laughs) but and I think that I think that's what she needed to hear from Rick was mm-hmm. that like I don't think she would have left without letting him know that she was still in love with him. Yeah. She couldn't leave with him thinking she hated him or yeah. didn't feel anything for him. And I think I think you're right that he learned that lesson hard about being active in yeah. like don't be such a passive force. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how many great deeds you did unless mm-hmm. you're actively doing it yeah. to like make a difference. Because yes. that it, when I forget who was explaining it to him, but I think it was it like. It, the, I think it was was it the guy at the end. Yeah, that was who was it was um, the sergeant. It right? was yeah the the police. Sergeant Claude Rains' character, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he was like, you know, if Elsa isn't there, I forget the the um, other guy. Victor. Victor. Victor if, if, if Elsa isn't the support system for Victor, mm-hmm. then we might not have a chance to yeah. defeat the Nazis, mm-hmm. which is like so crazy to think. Yeah, and it's like, he's saying, he's like, Rick, you can make a difference here. Like, this is, this is the little battle that you can win is getting him and her to America. Yeah. So that he can fight more battles and win. Um, and then, at the end, it's kind of insinuated that the two of them, the the cop kind of guy and Rick, are going to continue the fight mm-hmm. and kind of team up. 
Yeah, which bit. was a little cute. I was yeah. like, I'm ready for Casablanca too. Me too. Well, they made a TV show. Do you know what I mean? Oh, did they? In the 80s, they made a TV show, very short-lived TV show. Oh no. Um, with Ray Liotta in it. He didn't play Rick, but he was in it. Um, it. I don't think it did well. Oh, that sucks. It almost looked like a remake of the movie. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the premise was, but yeah, I would. That's a sequel I would accept. It's <laughs> like Ray and whatever his name is, and. The, the beginning of their beautiful friendship. Mm-hmm. I watched that. Yeah. And, like, the the sergeant cop is, like, a little funny because he does, like, play both sides mm-hmm. very well. But he's, like, a very selfish character. He still gets, like... <laughs> he's almost the opposite of Rick. Like, Rick doesn't play either side. And then that character kind of plays both sides to his mm-hmm. advantage. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think by the end of this, they both realize that they have to both play the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would also, if we did get a sequel or something, it would definitely be interesting to see how Ilsa is affected by her decision of going with Victor. Yes, I'd be curious to see what he would go on to do. It would be really fun to, like, see that exploration, kind Mm -hmm. of see, like, what happens. Like, would Victor stay faithful? Like, I think he 100% would. Okay, good. (laughs) I don't think he has, like... I don't know if I'm just seeing him through rose-colored glasses, but I don't think Victor Laszlo has, like, a bad bone in his body. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he could ever cheat. And especially because he knows... By the end of it, he kind of knows that the two of them were together. And he hints at, like... Because he was in a concentration camp. And that's that's why Ilsa and Rick got together. Because she was married to Victor, and he got taken to a concentration camp. And she thought he died. And then she met Rick. And they fell in love. And then she found out that Victor was actually alive and had escaped. Because well, someone had told her that she, he did die. Like I Yeah, I think... Because yeah. Victor was like, I told so-and-so to tell you dead and I was like, oh yeah I was like oh <laughs> so yeah she I mean she has every reason to think that he's dead and move on and then because of he's not dead and her loyalty to him she makes the really tough decision to go back to him I think just because she felt like she had to and she felt bad yeah um, which I completely understand I'd probably do the same mm-hmm. yeah um, just because I feel so guilty but then he, yeah, Victor insinuates that he knows that she had fallen in love with someone while he was gone and that he doesn't blame her for it. Yeah. Which is just like, how can we hate you? I know. You can't hate Victor Laszlo. He's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I really loved the way they explored love and just kind of like the um, multifaceted, layered um, thing that love is. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not simple it's always no. complicated no and there's multiple kinds of love in this movie too and you see and like you even see love when people are selling their like beloved objects to try to get money to get papers to go to america and they're they're selling wedding rings and bracelets that i'm sure were gifts from loved ones and and everyone in that bar has lost someone that they love to the nazis mm-hmm. except for the nazis who are in the bar because yeah. there are also nazis in the bar <laughs> <laughs> and then they started when they started singing their song and then they got overpowered by the other so we're gonna talk about that oh, okay. that's I think the most important scene in the movie mm-hmm. yeah so okay remember yes. that so okay. we're gonna talk about the scene but I'm gonna give you a little bit of context okay things to remember when watching this movie because <laughs> <laughs> okay. things to remember well. <laughs> yeah because I didn't like I figured with this episode we wouldn't talk about the technical aspects of this movie because that's been done to death everyone knows the cinematography is great the music is great the acting is great we all know the writing is great yeah um there's a reason why it's still being there's a reason why but something that i wish i had been told 
or I had realized before watching this. So this movie was released in 1942. America got into the war in 1941. The war started in 1939. The war didn't end till 1945. So we're in the war. Like, oh, mm. like you have to remember that this isn't history that we're watching. Like, this stuff was happening while, the, it, yeah. like, while it was going on. Um, and every single person, with the exception of three people in this movie, are immigrants, mostly from Nazi-occupied countries. What? Yes. Wait, why? So... Even Ingrid Bergman was still learning English while they were filming this movie. Ilsa. Oh my gosh. Didn't know, like, didn't speak fluent English when they were shooting this movie. You could not tell. You couldn't tell. And she would play poker, like, during, like, in between takes to, like, try and help her English and stuff. Like, she she was learning English. It's amazing. Um, so, the only three people in the movie who were American-born are Humphrey Bogart... Joe Page, Joe, sorry, Joy Page and Dooley Wilson, who's Sam. Okay. They're the only three Americans. Everyone else are refugees. That's crazy. So the director was a Hungarian Jewish immigrant. He had come to the U.S. in 1926, um, but a lot of his family were refugees from Nazi Europe. Kurt Boys, B-O-I-S, um, he played the pickpocket. He was a German Jewish actor and refugee. Okay. So he came over. Conrad Veit, who played, um, he played the main Nazi. <laughs> he actually fled the Nazis. He was a German fil- film star, and he fled the Nazis to come here. And he hated them so much that he played a lot of Nazis in American movies to try to help the war effort. Oh, wow. To play them, because he played them, like, mean and sleazy. And, yeah. Like, he didn't play them that. as, like, characters to sympathize with. So, yeah, he used that to his advantage. Um, S.Z. Sakal? Sakal? I don't know. He played the waiter. The main, like, <laughs> waiter. Um, he was Jewish-Hungarian. He fled Germany in 1939, and he lost three of his sisters and his niece in a concentration camp. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, this is gonna get kind of dark. Sorry, everyone. Um, still going. Still yeah. going. Helma Dantin, who played the Bulgarian roulette player, actually spent time in a concentration camp and left Europe after being released from the camp. Um, Paul Heinrich, who played Victor Laszlo, was um, so anti-Hitler that he was actually named an enemy of the Third Reich. And when he found out, like, there were SS guards after him, he and I think his wife had to flee and came to America as refugees. Um, So, yeah, everyone, everyone had, like, lived this movie who was in this, and they were all in that scene that struck you so much, that strikes everyone, even... When you don't realize. Oh, they like sing. Oh, they're all my in gosh. it. So they're in, in Rick's. I have goosebumps. I know. I have so many goosebumps right now. And the Nazis start singing um, what was a really popular, like, not German patriotic song at the time. I don't know what it's called. And then Victor Laszlo sees this happening and he goes over to the band and he says, Play La Marseillaise, which is the French um, national anthem. Okay. Which is, it's not. It's not like our national anthem, which is about, like, stars and stripes and stuff. Mm-hmm. The Marseillaise is violent and all about standing up to tyranny. Okay. It's, like, bloody and fighting. And so, like, the message of the song is stand up to tyranny. So when they're all singing it, like, that that means 
something to all of them. And then if you watch it, the person that seems the most affected is um, Rick's ex-girlfriend, who we see a couple times. And her real name was Madeline LeBeau. And if you watch the scene where they're singing, she's crying, like yeah. crying really hard. Um, and that's because her she basically lived the plot of this film. So her and her Jewish husband fled Paris ahead of the Germans in 1940. And then her husband, who's also in the film, he's um, the guy who works the roulette table. They, this is what I read online, um, the Nazis actually used his face on posters to represent the quote-unquote typical Jew. And um, they had actually managed, when they fled, they managed to get to Lisbon. And then they boarded a ship to America. But then they were stranded for two months when they found out that their visa papers were forgeries. And they, to enter the U.S., they had to get temporary Canadian visas. Um, But her husband's entire family had died in concentration camps. So when she's crying in that scene, it's mm-hmm. like it's real. real yeah. So that I wish I had known that going into the this mm-hmm. movie that like all of these people are refugees. Yeah. And yeah. I, I the the scene was great and you could tell it meant something, but now it means something so, so much, much more. more. And I you're right. Like I wish I would have had the lens of like this was like happening. Dirt. Like it wasn't yeah. like we waited five years. Like you don't okay, realize. that's all reflect on. Like, yeah. what no, like this is like this is what's going on right now. And like when this movie came out, victory against like the Axis powers were it wasn't guaranteed. It didn't. No one was sure who was gonna win. Yeah. So it was it was kind of a needed movie to make people feel okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then people like people like in Hollywood and L.A. at that time to kind of like Rick's like it was a bunch of refugees who came to America and they were all trying to get over the horrors that they'd seen and you know move on and learn English and you know and they came together and lived together and it's a lot like Rick's Cafe American yes it is (laughs) yeah so that's what I have that's what I, I thought that was the most important thing to talk about with this movie because anyone can I don't know everyone has heard people talk about how technically good this movie is but I think before you even have that conversation you have to realize the gravity yes of the movie, of the movie that you're watching <clears throat> and I mean yeah. like I did want to talk about how beautifully lit Ingrid Berkman is oh she's the gorgeous. entire movie yeah. she looks absolutely stunning yeah like flaw fucking less mm-hmm Oh, she's, like, fantastic. It is a beautiful movie. I mean, you can take any still from that movie and frame it, and it would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, like, thoroughly enjoyed this movie mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, I enjoy it more the more I watch it and the older I get. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like, so sad at the end. I did cry I know. a little bit at the end when, like, Rick sends her off. Yeah, I know, cause you want you want them to be together. Mm-hmm. Especially because you love Rick so much. Yeah, like, this movie you cannot not like Rick. I know. Yeah, would you have gotten on the plane? Who am I, Rick or Ingrid Ber? Oh, well, I guess <laughs> the one am getting I on Ingrid the plane. Ingrid Bergman. Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, I wouldn't have. Yeah, a lot of people say Rick. they wouldn't have. Yeah, I would have stayed with Rick. Yeah, like he can find a new girl. <laughs> Victor? Victor Lazo? Yeah, Victor can find a new girl. Rick already found a new girl and then broke it off. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 
It yeah. just, I couldn't imagine holding the weight of, like, that's what I think what's really, to me, like, sucks for Rick was, like, holding that love for Elsa for so yeah, long he never to the got point that it. it, like, affects other relationships. Yeah. They fell in love so fast, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Without even really knowing that much about each other. Mm-hmm. Their connection was just so strong. Which is why I'm pretty sure they, like, knew each other in a past life. They had to. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Is Mercury also in retrograde, Jared? No, it is not. (laughs) It is not, no. Yeah, no, I I mean, if there are past lives, then I'm sure they did. Because that would explain why they could fall so quickly. Yeah. And then Sam's there to watch it all. Oh, yeah, Sam. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. When she makes Sam play that song. Yeah. Rick's like, don't play that song. He's like, I told you not to. I didn't. Look who's here. Yeah. He just kind of makes those eyes like, look who called you. Yeah. That was was kind of badass when Elsa's like, play the song. Mm -hmm. He'll come out. Like, he's hiding. Because she's like, he's hiding from me. Yeah. And she's like, he's not going to get away with that. Mm-mm. She's kind of a badass bitch. She is. She is. She's not, like, in your face about it. But she she has to be to have lived through what she's lived through. And Yeah. Yeah. I need to listen to my dad more and watch a lot of these old classic movies. Because, like, these women are so fucking. So yeah, it's fun. really interesting. I mean, we've talked... I forget what episode we talked about it. Probably but multiple. I mean, we in multiple, to... we've talked about, yeah, how nowadays... I mean, there is a push for, like more well-rounded female characters, just more female characters, and we could totally use those, but I don't think we can completely discount what's come before. And how, like, these women, these actresses were awesome, and so that comes through these roles. I mean, you can argue that a lot of these characters are just plot devices or, you know. Yeah. There's There are more scenes with Rick and Victor than there are Probably with Rick and Elsa. I'm not sure what the count is, but but no, I think she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely 10 stars. 10, star, 10 out of 10. 10 out or of 10, 10 out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's that's what we have for that. I do have, um, I have a song. <gasps> okay. End. I don't know. We're actually going to... You might not, you might know this song. This is a song. I should, let me take it back for a second. Okay. Before we end with the song, the next episode is Fantasia <gasps> and the Wizard of Oz. Oh and my that's going to conclude. Our great movie ride series. Yeah. It has been, this is probably the longest I've been in the ride. Uh, yeah, it's a long <laughs> ride. We've <laughs> been in the ride for some time now. For some time. Um, so that's coming up in our next episode. So watch those movies if you haven't seen them in a long time, or if you've never seen them. Um, so like, Which, I don't know how you have not seen The Wizard of Oz. I know. I mean, Some I people don't like The Wizard of Oz. That's so sad. I know. But I can see maybe if, I don't know, maybe if you didn't grow up with it. Maybe. It's one of those movies, I don't know, I've never seen it with fresh eyes. I've only ever seen it with eyes that have seen it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, I bet it's like, um, if you don't like musicals. If you don't That's like singing... Well, if you don't like musicals, you're wrong. Thank you, yeah. Next. <laughs> Thank you, next. And with that, we're going to end with a song. Yay! I can't believe I'm voluntarily singing on this podcast, because I cannot sing, but this is a very easy song, and it's a repeat-after-me song, and you might know it if you ever went to camp, or if you were a Boy Scout, or anything. Okay, wait, why are we playing this song? Because it's about Tarzan. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> this is a song that we used to sing at camp when I was a Girl Scout, and it's ridiculous and it makes no sense, but it was stuck in my head the entire time we watched Tarzan, so we have to sing it to get it out of my head. Okay, sounds good. Okay. We're hearing Carolyn. Okay, you have to repeat after me, though. Okay. Okay. This right. is a repeat after me song. Right, this is a repeat after me song. Thank you, you got it. Okay. Tarzan. Tarzan was swinging on a rubber band. Was swinging on a rubber band. Tarzan. Tarzan. Crashed into a frying pan. Crashed into a frying pan. Now Tarzan has a tan. Now Tarzan has a tan. Jane. Jane. Was flying on an airplane. Was flying on an airplane. Jane. Jane. Crashed into a traffic lane. Crashed into a traffic lane. Now Jane has a pain. Now Jane has a pain. Okay, last verse. Okay. Cheetah. <laughs> Cheetah. Was rocking to the beat. Was rocking to the beat. Cheetah. Cheetah. Ran into the street. Ran into the street. Now Cheetah is Velveeta. <laughs> now Cheetah is Velveeta. Yay! That's okay. actually really cute. That's funny. I don't, Some of those rhymes, though. It makes no sense, and we used to sing it at Girl Scout camp, and I never understood it. Like, actually, I shouldn't say that. I was the only one who kind of understood it, because everyone was like, why are we singing about a cheetah? And I was like, you're not seeing about a cheetah, because I had been on the great movie ride, and I knew who mm-hmm. cheetah was. Right, you're like, he's... But it doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. Crashing into a frying pan. Now he has a tan. Now he has a tan. Like, no, now he's dead. Sorry. Well, yeah, and then it's like, we're going into traffic. Like... Yeah. I have New York. Tarzan mm-hmm. takes New York. Tarzan takes New York. <laughs> All right. That's all I got. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys. <laughs> we just finished another room in the great movie ride. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you guys stay tuned for next episode where we conclude the ride mm-hmm. um, with some tears and emotions because like it's gonna be sad. They're good. They're good childhood okay. movies. Um, and so if you're not following us on social media, make sure you're following us on Instagram at we watch underscore pod and Twitter, which is watch underscore pod. Um, also, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify and even SoundCloud, make sure you guys are reading and reviewing. We love all the likes. We love all the listens. And I'm so glad you guys are enjoying these episodes. Yeah. So and like, if you want to hear us do something or if you want to stop hearing us do something, let us know constructively. <laughs> because, I mean, we still don't know what we're doing. But so, look, we we're finishing our first series. But so we're finishing so our... Rewarding. We're almost on episode 20, which <gasps> well, I think is a huge accomplishment. Yes, I think so too. Um, but yeah, we, we're thinking about continuing it after this series. So if there's something we're doing that absolutely bothers you, let us know. And maybe we'll stop. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Alrighty, bye. Bye.